It's time for my annual trip to the gym. You only go once a year? Yep. Arrive. Have no clue what to do. Try some random exercises. Leave. That's it. You should try FitBod. It's an app that builds a workout routine just for you, based on your goals, fitness level, and equipment. And a whole year of FitBod costs less than one session with a trainer. Wow. This has already been my most productive gym trip yet. Download FitBod today and get a 14-day free trial plus 25% off your subscription when you go to fitbod.me slash getfit. everybody welcome back it's the rasball fantasy baseball podcast i am beat on that handsome handsome gentleman across the way if you're watching on youtube is gray albright the fantasy master lothario himself how you doing buddy hey i'm good man yeah so uh for people who are just listening and not watching you can go to uh youtube.com uh backslash rasball fantasy and watch us uh well i guess Watch and listen. You know, you wouldn't just watch. It would be weird. It would be weird, yeah. <laughs> it would be weird to um, mute the sound and just watch our lips move. But, yeah, you can do that, though. That is an option on YouTube. If you'd like to uh, just watch us, just watch us. That's, <laughs> that's a, yeah, it's like uh, it's our, instead of bravos, <laughs> watch what happens. It's just watch us. <laughs> Uh, yeah, actually, you know, now that I think about it with our voices, you might want to just watch it. Yeah, it might work out better. Uh, it would also be very interesting to watch uh, or see what it comes up with when uh, we mispronounce names and just butcher them terribly. That would be, uh, that would be interesting to watch. <laughs> is, there a, uh, is there subtitles on the, uh, the YouTube? I don't know if there's on ours. I know it's possible. I, I don't know if I turned them on. I think I can actually turn them on to where they'll try and pick up whatever we say. Oh yeah, because I have because uh, for people who don't know, I'm on um, on Fridays. I'm on with Craig Mish. Uh, I'm on uh, TV for I do a segment with Craig Mish uh, every Friday at uh, uh, eight a.m. my time, which is awesome. Uh, Eleven a.m. Eastern. Anyway, um, there, there are uh, captions on there and. Uh, Coog sent it to me the other day, and I was like, it was, whatever I was saying, the captions were like, we have no idea. <laughs> we don't know at all what he's saying. I, honestly, this is like, the, these captions are going to be no help. <laughs> you know who could have used some captions, Gray, is uh, Freddie Freeman and his, his agent. They could have mm-hmm. used some captions because uh, clearly some miscommunications. I mean, there's like uh, if there's a like a baseball cart man, he he's just soaking up Freddie Freeman's tears all week during the during that series. I mean, <laughs> what do you what do you think about the the whole Freeman thing, Gray? Oh my God! Well, I, I mean, I got so many thoughts. Like, it, it's actually—I don't know. Maybe because I live in Los Angeles, it's actually infuriating what is going on with Freddie Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> he said. I I'm from Los Angeles area. Hey, I want to go home. I want to be close to my family. Where'd that go? Where'd that energy go? Now suddenly he's like, oh, he's sobbing at the press conference with the Braves. Like what, dude? Also, like who, who signed this contract? Was it forged? Because I'm pretty sure 
He looks at his contract and signs off on everything. Like, where did this come from that, like, oh, yeah, it's my agent's fault for me signing a a $400 million deal with the Dodgers? What? What? How is that that possible that he's able to, like, convince himself that it's his agent's fault for getting him a huge deal with the Dodgers – his hometown team, the team he wanted to go to. Like, I honestly, as someone who has had a agent for many years, I never thought I would ever sympathize with an agent. <laughs> it's honestly, it's like, the agents are terrible people. <laughs> I hope my agent isn't listening. No, agents are not good people. They're really terrible. But, I mean, honestly, how is this... The agent's fault. Freeman signed the deal. If he wanted to go with the Braves, he could have went with the Braves. It would have been very easily. It would have been, he could have been like, you know what? I don't even need my I'm I'm literally able to go and just phone up the owner and be like, hey, guy, what's going on? I'm Freddie Freeman. You might know me. I played first base for your World Series championship. Indeed. Okay. <laughs> Great. Indeed. Let's move on. Oh my God, man. I, I can't honestly, I've never I'm I I only follow baseball. <laughs> so I don't know about other sports, but I've never seen a situation where a guy has gone back like you don't go back to your ex crying. <laughs> like what are you doing, man? <laughs> That's guy rule number one, okay? I've never heard anything like this before where he went back to his old team sobbing in a press press conference. Like, he's we're already, like, months into the season. I mean, oh, my God, man. Like, seriously, Fred, Freddie Freeman sucks. <laughs> sucks, bro. Uh, anyway, what do, you, what, do you have any thoughts on this nonsense? No, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, he signed the deal. He could have easily called up anybody in the Braves front office. You know he has everybody's contact information. He could have called up Alex. Could have called up, like, he probably has, like, Liberty Media's like CEO on speed dial. Like he could have called anybody. Like he could have called literally anybody to talk about this. And yeah, so I I'm with you. I think it's it's pretty much his fault. And now he's complaining. He's he's on a first place team. <laughs> like I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I know. I know, man. Like he's really like He's managed to ostracize himself from the Dodgers. Like, I mean, if I were, like, I, I know Kershaw has already said, like, uh, it doesn't feel very good. <laughs> like, does he not, not want to be here? Like, if I were a Dodger, I'd be like, what's going on with Freddie Freeman? Like, is he have, is he having a mental break from reality? Like, he's on our team for the next five years. Like, he's not going anywhere, you know? Ah, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's already signed up. He's he's there. I, I don't really know what, like, the only time I can think about it, you mentioned, like, it never happening. Like, if it happens, it's because they've been, like, a player will have literally played his whole career. And then, like, that last year where he still wants to play and the team's like, no, we're, like, we have to move on. That maybe in that, that one year, like, uh, this isn't even baseball, but, like, when MJ came back and played for the Wizards, like, Every time he came to Chicago was a huge deal. But, like, we knew MJ wasn't MJ of before. And he he was doing it for to help the Wizards, you know, kind of establish themselves. So, uh, yeah, it, it, he has five more years on the deal. He, he could be playing for a number of years still, like, after the deal even potentially. So I really just don't understand where this is coming from or how this helps anything. Um, um, right. Yeah. No. It's just so weird. I don't know. Anyway, let's get into fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's get in, go ahead and get into it. Uh, let's talk about a, a couple of call ups here. Let's start with probably the most uh, exciting one of the week, and I think one of the last. Maybe there, there's a few more, but we're starting to run out of like top fifteen type of call ups. But Vinny Pasquantino. 
Got the call off with the Royals in AAA this year. He had 69 games, 18 home runs, three stolen bases. He had 280, 372, 576. It's his number 13 prospect on the most recent update. I mean, power, a little bit of speed, but... I mean, we've been waiting for Vinny called up. This is actually the number three prospect in the Royal system because they've already called up the top two, which is obviously Witt and Melendez. Um, So Vinny is joining them. This is kind of the trio for their future. What do you think of Vinny here? Yeah. uh, You know, if nothing else, they could have Vinny um, drive the bus with Edward Alvarez back to the minor leagues and just keep going. He could be their designated uh, bus driver. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, hey, hey Vinny, what, what are you doing? Huh? I, I, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard for me to not do the Italian when I'm talking about <laughs> Vinny Pascutino. Hey, Vinny, Gabagool, what are you doing? Huh? I, uh, yeah, I, I, I just put in my bids i mean by the time people listen to this uh i don't think people are going to be listening to this for my fab bids <laughs> but if they are it, they've already been put in and uh i've already either won or lost Vinny pascadino eh? i uh i put him you know i put him we're going to talk about uh, also Derek hall after uh Vinny, um but i put in Vinny. he's my top fab bid um uh, probably Unless someone drops someone, I would guess he's probably going to be the the top prospect bid for the rest of the year. I mean, I like you said, I don't really see that many more prospects coming up. Like at a certain point, we've just depleted the uh, the minor leagues for call ups for this year. I mean, maybe some guys will come up in September, but those are like September call ups, and they're not really going to factor in to this year's. Uh, you know, you, you the the sooner you can get a guy, the more valuable he's going to be. Obviously, so yeah, I mean, with Vinny, it's really kind of remarkable how good his contact is. Like he is really like I I mean, he's got a sixty grade hit tool. Uh, and he's also like, you know, his strikeout rate at, in the at AAA was 12.2%. Like, that's really good. And his power is undeniable. I mean, he's got easy power. I was actually, I saw his first homer of uh, his career the other day. I was kind of surprised the ball got out. But, I mean, it was a line shot. It was like, I don't know, 20 feet off the ground the whole way. Yeah. Like it was really, it was a, it was a line drive home run. Like it was like, I don't even know if they counted that as a fly ball. <laughs> like, I don't know if Statcast counted as a fly ball. It was so low. I, yeah, I mean, I would say probably in every league, even the shallowest of leagues, like who doesn't need power, you know? So I could see a possibility for maybe, 17, 15 to 17 homers the rest of the way with like a 270 average, which is, re- I mean, that's really good. That's basically, I mean, I would say that's above, I don't know, let's see, like uh, uh, Reese Hoskins, uh, you know, maybe that's above him for average, probably him for uh, for power. I don't know if you're even going to get that from like Jose Abreu. So, I mean, those are really good projections if he can do that. I, uh, you know, maybe that's a little bit optimistic, maybe 15 homers, 265, 260. But still in that range, I mean, that's really that's solid numbers from a rookie. And there's upside from there. So, yeah, I would say in every league, definitely go out and grab them. Yeah, and I mean he's also do sitting. A, do a, uh, do a, a grab a ghoul. <laughs> Yeah, and he's also sitting in the middle of the lineup. He's hitting four, five, six in the games he's played so far. So you know, we're also talking about about a bat on the wire that's inserting into the middle of a lineup, which is just hard to find in in any lineup. So finding a, a cleanup hitter that's not owned, you know, that's that's worth it alone. Even if he wasn't, I would say the uh, the one the one guy who I I don't want to compare him to because he's really suck the life out of me is uh, Spencer Torkelson. <laughs> but Spencer Torkelson's kind of like what I expect from uh, a uh, Vinny Pascadino. I What I expect from him is kind of what I expect from Spencer Torkelson. So there is some downside here. I don't think, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily clear, clear, uh, clear sailing, but I mean, with Vinny, 
he does have great contact and uh, a solid walk rate every everywhere in the minor. So there's a good chance he's he doesn't bottom out like Torkelson did in his rookie year. You know, anyway, for what that's worth. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I think there's there's a little bit less risk just because, like you said, he doesn't strike out. He he, he takes walks. So just from a value standpoint, that means he's getting on base. He has the potential to score some runs. Um, and then I, I think maybe the part that may not play up completely in this first year is the power because I think he probably gets contact, but I don't know with you know improved MLB pitching and the stuff that he's facing – if he's able to put the same kind of power numbers up that we've seen him do in the minors, just in this initial kind of, you know, season that he has, um, that would be my, that's what I'm, I'm thinking would be kind of the downside is just that it, it ends up, ends up being a little more, um, I don't want to say Alec Baum because he's, he's not that devoid of power. Alec Baum was always like, Oh, maybe he'll grow. He'll grow into power. Eventually like Vinny, we've seen him hit, hit for power. We know it's there. Um, but it, you know, if he's hitting line drives, it's it's going to be hard to clear over the wall and consistently. That's yeah, that's a fair point because his his launch angle does seem a little flatter than most power bats. But yeah, I I don't I don't think the the he's going to be he's going to bomb. I don't think he's going to bomb out. Uh, <laughs> pun intended and noted. But I mean, I guess that is possibilities there. Yeah. So let's talk about another prospect call-up. Uh, maybe not quite as heralded as as Vinny P here, but uh, Derek Hall got called up by the Phillies this year in AAA in 72 games. He's hitting 269, 346, 548, 20 home runs, five stolen bases. Um, I mean, he's 26 years old, so he's he's a little bit older for AAA. Um, 21% or 20% K rate and at AAA this year. Nine and a half percent walk rate so far when he's been in the lineup, he is sitting in the middle of the lineup for the Phillies. Um, he's hit fourth three times and then he he hit eighth one time and uh one at bat as a as a pinch hitter, so I, I don't really even count that one as as far as what we're talking about here. Um, are you also interested in Derek Hall again? Another potential middle or the bat joining, yeah, no, I am. I think, uh, you know, Derek Hall. So I, so when I was in the state with my fab beds uh, before, and then I stopped myself because we hadn't gotten to Derek Hall yet. But by the way, Derek Hall, is it just me or do, I, do you want to start singing Yacht Rock every time you say his name? <laughs> it, might, it might just be me, but is Derek Hall going to do a uh, double play combination with John Oates or what? What's going on? <laughs> okay, so Derek Hall, my, what I was going to say with fab was like I have uh, Pascatino and Hall I put them at the same dollar amount for my fab, but I put Pascatino in front. So I wouldn't mind getting either of them. At this point, I kind of need uh, power in the leagues where I'm bidding on them. So it's very specific for me. Uh, you know, it's like maybe your team doesn't need, you know, Derek Hall's much. This is also a deeper league. This is a, I'm talking about 15 team mixed leagues. So, you know, it might be deeper for some people. Or other people might have uh, shallower leagues. Anyway, so Derek Hall, what I think with Derek Hall, I I just don't know because of the age thing. It's just it really trips you up when you see like a guy come up for the first time at 26. You know, you shouldn't. I I don't know. I mean, it's like uh, you don't want to be ageist. I mean, what is this Hollywood? And we're trying to cast an actress. I don't know. I mean, maybe it doesn't matter. But how many guys come up at 26 and really are impact bats like for their career. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even, I don't know. I have no idea, but it's rare. I, and like, maybe because he's 26, he's able to have like come up and have like a solid three months in the league and then sort of like disappear a little bit. So that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping he'll come up, hit maybe 15 to 17 homers, uh, you know, have like, maybe a 245 average because he doesn't have quite the contact like Pascatino. I think, uh, you know, Hall is a little bit, he's, he's riskier for a batting average. There's a chance he could bottom out and maybe, you know, 
And maybe that's the reason why he's even benched or demoted. Like Derek Hall has issues. Like he's not without like, you know, massive issues. Like he's older. He could hit 210. Like he only really has power. Like there's stuff there that isn't like necessarily great, but if he's older, it could also lead to him having like a solid month or six weeks in the majors, which is might be all you really need. Like even in shallower leagues, like you go with a hot bat, you grab him and then, you know, you, you move on to someone else potentially. So I don't mind the flyer on Derek Hall. I don't have this high hopes about him, like, long-term at all. Like, I, I think there could be a chance we could get to next week and be like, Derek Hall just went 0 for 25 and is no longer in the majors. Like, that's, a, that's a real possibility with him. But I, I do like him, and I love Yacht Rock, so let's go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like like we said off the start, he's not the level of prospect Vinny is. Um, I will say on the, on the age side, I, I do think – Especially this year and maybe next year, we need to, or at least I'm thinking there's probably, uh, there's, I'm giving prospects more of a pass on the age because we had the COVID seasons where there weren't minor league seasons. So basically players couldn't get called up unless the team already knew them and like already, or, or they were a top prospect and the team needed kind of that boost. Like they, other prospects weren't getting called up. So like Vinny or uh, Derek Hall's having a great season this year. But like if if he wasn't playing, there was the Phillies would never call him up just because he's not that level of prospect that they would typically make a difference without seeing it on the field first. Um, but yeah, usually the people who make differences later in their career are like guys who make swing changes or change teams, and he really hasn't done any of that. So it is kind of if it wasn't for the COVID thing, it would be weird though. I, I'm agreeing with that, but a little excuse. Yeah, agreed. All right. Uh, moving on, uh, Robbie Ray, since June 12th, so four starts, he's had 27 innings, 28 Ks, two earned run. He's added a two-seamer to the mix, and the numbers have, have started to look better. He has a pitch that runs, you know, counter to his to his slider. So his four-seamer kind of runs with his, with his slider. They both kind of have that same movement. Now the two-seamer works away from it. Are we are we backing on Robbie Ray? Are we backing on the pants? Uh, the uh, it's funny that like the, you you Google Robbie Ray and the first suggestion is uh, pants. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Robbie Ray. The stuff is so dyna- It's so electric that it just was a matter of him figuring it out like it but i mean it didn't necessarily mean he was going to figure it out this year because it did take him like five years until last year to figure it out so there <laughs> there was there was a, a, a large chunk of time it could have took him like a week to figure it out or years to figure it out so i mean he definitely has you know there was risk involved but his stuff does i mean he Obviously, I mean, his stuff is so good. Like if you see if you see him pitch like you're like, OK, yeah, I mean, he can he should be striking out like 10 plus K per nine. Uh, it's really going to be the command like it's going to come down to uh, it's going to come down to his commands just about like whenever he's if he's going sideways, it's like. Wow, how does he move sideways? Because those pants are so tight. How is he moving sideways? No, if he goes sideways, it's going to probably be because of his command. And, you know, I, I think uh, he's, you know, like you mentioned, the two-seamer, it's working for him. So he figured that out. I, you know, Seattle is also such a great place for pitchers that it's like it, the the narrative it was there for him to be really good this year and he hasn't been really good obviously um no dur but i mean i could see him having a good second half like i could see that 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 potential is there for him because he's always able to throw for a lot of innings so he's at like 97 and 2 thirds as a, as of the recording of this he could throw another 100 innings. He's like one of the few guys, I think, in the league who could throw another 100 innings. You're talking about maybe a handful of guys like, you know, the, the, Garrett, the, the Garrett Coles, the Sandy Alcantaras, the Robbie Rays. Like there's not many guys who I would say, yeah, he will, he'll get 
Like Robbie Ray, barring something fluky, will get another 15 to 16 starts. Uh, he'll throw like another 100 innings. He could have a 2.75 ERA and a 10 plus K per nine for the second half of the year. Like he's he has that potential. I don't know if he's necessarily going to get there, but. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the few guys who I could see doing that and having, like, a great run. Because really, like, Seattle, there's very few places you want a pitcher outside of Seattle. Like, it's like one, it's a top five park. Like, you know, I mean, you just look what it did to Jesse Winker. I mean, Jesse Winker went from a 300 hitter to, like, now he's, like, a 220 hitter. So, yeah, I mean, I think Robbie Ray could definitely have, like, a top five starter uh, the second half. So, yeah, I mean, I would grab him. I, I, if you can, like in a trade, obviously he's not going to be available on waivers. But if you could grab him in a trade and you want to do that risk, you want to take that risk, I can see it. I, I mean, it makes sense to me. I don't necessarily, you know, I don't know what you're trading for him. It depends. Like, I would say, like, if you could trade like a George Springer for him, because I don't really trust Springer to stay on the field. Like, that. That would work for me. Uh, you know, I mean, it depends what you're trading, but yeah, I like him. I, I, I do like Robbie Ray still. Okay, okay. Let's um, let me throw a couple pitchers at you, and we'll see where we pit, fit in the pitcher realm here. Uh, would you rather have him or, or Kevin Gosman? Uh, I would go Robbie Ray. All right. How about, right, how about uh, uh, him or Darvish? Him or Darvish. Robbie Ray. And. Yeah. Or him or uh, Kyle Wright? Uh, Robbie Ray. All right. Uh, Dylan Cease? Mm, That's a tough one. I think I'm going Dylan Cease, but that's close. That's tough. Uh, Yeah, Cease, I think. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, mean, it sounds like he's probably top 15, top 10. Cease, well, what do you think? Cease or Ray? I'm going with Cease. Yeah. I, okay. I just think he's he's. Looks did you dominant. agree? With my, did you agree with my other ones? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. You can continue to be the uh, podcast host. Okay. <laughs> okay. I appreciate that. I've locked it in for another another week. That's that's great to hear. Another, another hey, another twenty minutes. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Brian Reynolds a little bit here, Gray. He had a three homer game this week. Uh, that that helps his season totals. That brings him up to 15 on the season. He's got three stolen bases, hitting 257 in June. He's hitting he hit 333 with eight home runs. Uh, rest of season, like where are we fitting him in among the outfielders? I was always kind of down on Brian Reynolds. I just didn't think the the upside really was there. But with 15 home runs at this point, I mean that makes him on pace for high 20s, low 30s. I mean that's that's reasonable. And if he can gets the average back up like he has been. Um, I mean, was I wrong, or, or are you kind of maybe using this this June to, to sell him and uh, maybe pick up somebody with a little more upside? Uh, I would, you know, I kind of like Brian Reynolds more now than I, <laughs> than I did in the preseason. I, I didn't like him either, but I didn't like him because I thought he was just like a uh, – he was sort of contingent on, you know, runs in RBIs because of the and the Pirates suck. And then uh, actually the Pirates are kind of hitting a lot of homers this year, but I thought they sucked. So this is this is preseason gray uh, talking and being wrong. Uh, Brian Reynolds, I was concerned that he was like contingent on our accounting stats and, you know, his average, which I thought was a little bit inflated last year. Actually, I wasn't totally wrong on that. It wasn't a little bit inflated last year. I, I think his Babbitt is probably more in line with where he is now, maybe a little bit higher. Like he's hitting 257 as of the recording of this. I think he's probably more like a 275 hitter. So he can come up from where he is on average. But last year he hit 302. That did feel a little bit high, even though he did have another season above 300. But I didn't really buy him as a completely as a 300 plus hitter. I mean, 280 ish, I think on the high side. But yeah, not 300. Anyway, I think the power, I mean, I think he's grown into power and he's starting to, uh, you know, he's 27. It's kind of the time when power peaks a little bit for guys. And, uh, you know, he's not hitting a ton more fly balls. But for whatever reason, you know, PNC, the ball's flying out. Uh, the Pirates, 
hit more homers. I believe they hit more homers in June than at any other month in their uh, in their. Uh, I think outside of one other month, they hit more homers in June of this year than any other than except for one other month in their uh, entire history. That's a, I mean, that, that's a long time because the Pirates have been around forever. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I think, you know, I like Brian Reynolds now for like 25 to 27 homers, 270. He could steal maybe five to seven bags. I mean, that's not bad. Honestly, I, I trust those. And I trust those numbers because he's always sort of stayed on the field. I, you know, I mean, it's hard. It's, you know, what what a guy does with his health last year doesn't necessarily always translate to this year if there's a fluky injury, but he does more or less stay on the field. So I like Brian Reynolds a little bit more than I did, to be honest. I don't love him, but 27, 7, 275 isn't bad. I mean, that's that's solid and that's better than what I thought we were getting uh, coming into the year. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's it's currently on or he's currently on pace for a career high in home runs. Uh, that was that was last year at, at twenty four. So you know if even even if that pace falls off, we kind of take the three home run game for for what it is. But you know he still is likely to break that that career high at home runs. Um, so yeah, I mean I'm with you. I, I've come around on Brian, uh, Brian Reynolds a little bit. You know it just seems like the power he, he's tapped into a little bit more than I. I thought he would. I would still probably take the under on 20 home runs rest of season. Um, but somewhere around 15 the rest of the way, like he has right now, at, you know, at close to the midpoint in the season, that feels about right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. All right. We talked about Darvish quickly in the uh, Robbie Ray comparison, but let's talk about him a little bit more in depth here. It's kind of weird for him a little bit at least where he's pitching really well. The numbers all look great. He's got a 3-5-3 ERA. He's got a 1-1 whip, 94 innings, 85 Ks, but he's way down in his K rate, 22.4% K rate, 4.7% walk rate, which is great by you know Darvish standards. Uh, so he's getting it done, but it's not really the Darvish that we were building our teams with, thinking we were getting, you know, our typical 30% K-rate guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is like one of the more surprising sort of seasons I, I, that I've that I've noticed the release. Like his velocity is up. His walks are way down. I, his walks are so far down, like you mentioned. I mean, his uh, walk per nine, 1.7, and his K per nine is way down, too. I mean, his K per, na- his K per nine is 8.1. That's crazy for you, Darvis. Like, that is – I don't know. Like, it's just bizarre. And I I don't know necessarily why exactly, but, I mean, he's doing things that he's never done before and not necessarily all – it's all good. <laughs> like it's not. It's not great. Like to be honest, like his, um, like his fastball. Like I said, mentioned, his velocity is way up. His uh, his O his O swing is up. His Z swing is down. So his O swing is uh, uh, pitches uh, batter swings out outside the strike zone. So pitchers. Uh, so batters are swinging more at balls outside the strike zone, and they're swinging less at balls inside the strike zone. Uh, so it's just like, and they're making more contact with balls inside the strike zone. So they're hitting, so they're able to make contact on his pitches a lot easier, which isn't good, obviously. And <laughs> they're not swinging at pitches, uh, you know, and they're not swinging. Like they're basically, they're re- like batters seem to be reading him better and they're able to make good contact on him. But it's not necessarily, you know, it, well, in his last game on Saturday, it did translate to runs. And that's why I was saying, like, I, in, a, in another video on uh, our YouTube channel, you can see me say I, I'm a sell on you, Darvish, because I do think there's, like, it's not great that his Ks are so far down, even though his walks are good. Like, it's good that he's uh, commanding his pitches well, 
but I just don't think he is nearly as good as even his ERA right now, which is 3.53, which isn't great. I think it's going to come up from that even. Like, I, I, I am concerned about you, Darvish, and I don't know – like, the Ks are so far down that I don't even know what to make of him. And that's kind of like, if you can sell him on name value, I would probably look to be doing that. Because I, I'm I'm concerned here, and I don't think it's going to get better. If anything, I think it's going to get worse. Yeah, I mean, all the expected numbers kind of trend in that direction. You know, he's getting a little lucky. Uh, Sierra... Has him at 371. I will say FIP is with him. It's saying he's a 339 at, at FIP. But like if we look at the X X batting average and X Wobo on his his pitches and things, uh, it does seem like he's getting, uh, you know, a little bit lucky. I, I mean, I think he is kind of what he is. I don't know if I don't know if I would say 35 rest of season, but. Uh, you know, three five to three seven seems, th- or three five to three seven five, somewhere in that range is is probably reasonable. Um, I really don't know what's going on in the K rate. I don't. It doesn't really make sense to me in regards to why P- he he's not getting the strikeouts. It's so. It, and honestly, sorry not to interrupt, but it is really so far outside of like understandable information. <laughs> It's not like you can't understand this if you say it like you're like you put it in your brain and your brain custard spits out. I don't know, basically, because it doesn't make sense. Like he's locating his fastball, which is he's actually throwing it harder this year and he's locating it better. And his strikeouts are way down on it. And it's like, what? (laughs) What? Like, what? You know, like it just doesn't make sense. I don't know, man. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> and it's not like he's lost movement either. We, you know, like we talked about, I think last week with like Nestor, who he gained a little bit of velocity, but he's lost some of the movement, and that that's kind of hurt him. But we're we're talking about Darvish here. He has plenty of movement on all of his pitchers pitches, and velocity's always been a friend to him. You know, he just is always pitched better when when his his velocity is up. So yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where I'm not sure. Maybe he's placing the fastball better, which is inducing more contact, but it's also at the same time not allowing him to get into those strike like strikeout counts. I know it like especially in his when he was young in his career, it seemed like it, that's really all he wanted to do was strike people out. So he he chase he'd go to three two constantly chasing strikeouts and and I had to have to go look at the numbers but I would wonder if maybe he just doesn't have as many of those those deep counts this year. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't we'll, know. I'll look into it and we'll report back uh for for next week. Yeah, so well uh yeah. So let's talk about Christian Walker. I mean, he's just been on a a tear this year. He has 21 home runs, uh 40 runs, 42 RBIs. He's actually a sub 20% K rate, a he's above a 12% walk rate. However, he's hitting 206 gray. His his on base is 312, which for a 12% walk rate, when you hit 206, it's uh, you know not great. What do you think about here, Christian Walker? Is he going to continue this, or is is this like a Gallo situation or a Sano situation where like when it's on, it's he's he's hitting and we need to be worried? What what are you doing here? Yeah, I mean he's another guy who's just massively confusing because, like you said, I mean his uh. I mean, he, he's striking out less this year, but he's not making any contact. But when he makes contact, it's really good. <laughs> it's really – it's excellent contact, but he's not making it, as fair, you know, not nearly enough. Um, I think he could get better, you know, because he is hitting the ball really well, and he's not striking out. So you would think – Rather than the average bottom, bottoming out, I would imagine it comes up. Like, you know, his expected batting average is actually really good. It's 274. I, I don't know if it's going to get anywhere near that. But you would think, because he's a 240 hitter in his career with a much higher strikeout rate. So you would think if he's lowered his strikeout rate, raised his walk rate, hitting the ball really hard – you would guess the average would come up. Like, that's, like, you know, it's like, it's not rocket science. I mean, you would imagine that he'd start hitting for a better average. And if he hits for a better average and continues hitting the ball out, 
that's good. <laughs> that's, you know, I mean, I think uh, I think there's a chance here that Christian Walker. I mean, the career year is definitely within his sights for sure, and that's you know not to. Uh, you know, honestly, you know, I think people will probably be like, well, isn't he already have a career year? But he did have a year where he hit 29 homers, stole eight bags, and hit uh, 260. So, I mean, the career year, it's within his sights, though. I mean, he can – I think he could hit 35 homers and get his average up to 240, which is like 260-plus the rest of the way. I mean, it's good. I think Christian Walker's – I think he's better than people really are giving him credit for. Because I know, like, in a lot of uh, a lot of the comments I get on the site, Christian Walker's always sort of the last man on the team. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, should I drop Christian Walker for Vinny Pascatino? And it's like, well, you know, it's like bird in the hand, kind of. I mean, you already have Vinny. I mean, okay, Vinny should hit for a better average. But, I mean, Christian Walker. Walker's doing well, right? I mean, yeah, I don't know. I like I like Christian Walker probably, I don't know, maybe more than more, most, but yeah, I think he could even be better, at least as far as average. You know, the power is there, and it, it's been there all year, and it's going to stay there, but I think the average could even come up. Yeah, I mean, you're right. When he hits the ball right now, he's just destroying it. He has a career-high barrel rate, 46 percent hard hit rate second best average exit velocity of his career um but he's also lifting the ball i think a little too much he has is i believe the the highest uh, launch angle of his career as well he has a 48 percent fly ball rate a 38 percent ground ball rate and just a 14 percent line drive rate so when you have that big split between fly ball ground ball and that's all you're kind of hitting. Ground balls are kind of, you know, just being pulled to shortstop and third bases into all the, um, you know, in the shifts nowadays. So I mean, I, I, I'm with you that the average, you know, he's gotten he's gotten a little unlucky here, certainly. Um, but I think for him to really get the average to kind of what we've seen in the past, that launch angle is going to have to come down at least a little bit, so he can he can hit some more line drives rather than everything literally being a fly ball or a ground ball. Just, like, it needs something in between. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's talk about uh, Tony Gonsolin. Uh, we talked to him a little bit last week when we were talking about some comparisons, but let's really kind of talk about him specifically. I mean, Cy Young, Cy Fake, what are we doing here with Tony G? He's got 15 games, 81 st- in two thirds innings pitched, seventy-seven strikeouts, a one-five-four ERA, zero point eight two WHIP, a twenty-five percent K rate, a seven and a half walk rate. I mean, really, if anything, the break on his pitches have been less. Maybe that's kind of tightened things up, and he's he, the walks are certainly down from what we've seen from him in the past. But like, I don't really have an explanation for why he's he's all of a sudden become this pitcher, Gray. Are you buying the new and improved Tony, or are you selling at career high prices? Yeah, no, I, I, he's got he's uh, definitely a sell. Gone, gone selling, huh? <laughs> gone selling. Ah! I, uh, you know, I've been saying he's gonna get, he's gonna regress at some point. I, I really think it's gonna happen eventually. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it'll just be like this whole year. He'll have a 1.5 ERA, and then next year I'll finally draft him, and it'll end up blowing up and having like a 6 ERA. And I'll be like, there, there's the regression, finally, when I have him on my team. Yeah, no, I, I, I liked Tony Gosling coming into the year. You know, I thought he was going to be – it was bizarre because it was like in the, uh, in the preseason, I think I mentioned this, like – in 2021, everyone loved Tony Gosling because it looked like he was going to get a spot in the rotation. And then he didn't, and people backed off. And then he ended up getting, like, I think it was like 12 starts. or No, he got 13 starts last year. And he pitched really well last year. And this year in the preseason, no one cared about Gosling. And it didn't make any sense to me. I was like, you know, 
he's actually in the rotation now and you everyone liked him last year why don't you why don't people like him this year like I liked Go- Gosling a lot I think I I actually I do have him on a couple teams uh, the teams I have Gosling on are doing well uh, the teams I have Jose Barrios on not doing well I uh, thankfully I don't think I have them both on the same team uh, yeah because then they would cancel each other out and I'd just be in the middle of the league uh, anyway I think Gosling was a guy I Liked, you know, he was a guy I liked. I I really was like, draft him everywhere. Like, please do it, do it. But now I'm like, is this insane? I mean, he's not a 1.54 ERA guy. I mean, he's not even a 3.5 ERA guy. Like, you know, I his K's are down from last year. He's probably not going to be able to even throw. Like another, I I would put him at like an over under of like fifty innings. Like if you're not selling, you're crazy. Like this is honestly, I thought the peak for Gosling. Like I, I lay my cards on the table. I thought Gosling, or I guess with Gosling, I I lay my cats out on the table because I, I think he's got a thing with cats. Anyway, I lay my cards on the table, with Gosling. I'll say like I thought his peak was last month at this like the beginning of uh, June. Now he's still doing it, but at some point it's going to come on. I mean, come on. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's not this good. I mean, he's good, but not this good. Come on. Yeah, I I, I think I'm with you there, Gray. I mean, he's definitely not this good, uh, and I would be selling if you can convince somebody that he is or that he's you know, now joined the, the ranks of the elite pitchers. Uh, if I've Take his Sierra, Sierra of three seven gray and stick that as his over under rest of season. Where are you? Yeah, that sounds. Uh, I'll say under, but barely. I'll say three point five five for rest of the season. I mean, it's fine. That's. I think if we were if it would suddenly transported me to March of next year, I think Gosling's projections are going to have him around like three point five five. Like he's that's the kind of pitcher he is. He's like a. He's he's good, but I mean, come on, he's not this good. Yeah, he has yeah. a ninety-one percent left on base right now. He has a one eighty-six BABIP, so getting a little lucky here. Uh, you know, that can certainly carry through for a full season. You, you get the pitcher who's just on a roll, and and they can carry those numbers. But I just don't believe that that Tony's that guy. Like Robbie Ray did it, but Robbie Ray's stuff is nasty. So like, you can believe in such a high left on base whereas Tony's is is good but not not on that level at least in my mind so yeah yeah uh we've we've gotten a peek at O'Neill Cruz he's finally made Pirates games watchable as well as I mean definitely put a little bit of spark in the team and and as you mentioned they were kind of hitting already in in June I just wanted to have first thoughts on O'Neill Cruz. I mean, he's super exciting. We've seen the throws. We've seen, you know, the home run. It was just, like, lit. He was just rocket out. It was a, it was a line drive. Like you said before when we were talking um, about uh, – was Pasquantino. It Vinny? Yeah, Vinny. Like, it was kind of like that. He just ripped it, ripped it over the wall. What are your first thoughts on O'Neill Cruz? Are you all in? Or are you potentially capitalizing on just, like – how great he he's getting talked up right now. What are you doing in, in your leagues, Jerry? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, anyone who's uh, not 100% sold on O'Neill Cruz, I think it's a matter of whether or not they've actually watched him. I mean, if you watch him, you're like, this guy's a, this guy's a superstar. I mean, it, he is so fun to watch, like you mentioned, but also just like the amount of power he generates in his uh, – you know, seven foot, five inch frame. Like, it's just like crazy. Like he's, he's like, I mean, a lanky Aaron judge. Like, it's just like the, like the amount of power he's able to generate on just like a super easy swing. Like, Oh my God, he's so beautiful. I mean, he's no, uh, Jack Slowinski, of course. <laughs> you know the uh, the Pirates. Which we should put bets on which random Pirates going to have three homers this week. I'll say Josh Van Meter. Uh, you know, I I think O'Neill Cruz. Honestly, it's like the only difference between him and like I, I mean him 
like Tatis or like Acuna or like like you see O'Neill Cruz and you're like this guy is gonna be a top like twenty overall uh, fantasy guy real soon like real quick like it's gonna get there I don't know if uh, you know unfortunately he strikes out a lot so his average isn't gonna be quite so good but if he can start making better contact and it did it took him a, a bit in the minors. But eventually he did start making better contact. And if he can get his strikeout rate down to like 22%, which I think he can do in the majors eventually, maybe not this year, but maybe next year, like maybe in the second half of next year, at some point it's going to happen. And once that happens, he's going to be like, he's going to be a superstar. He's going to be like a 35 homer, 15 steel, 265, 270 hitter. And it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be really nice. Uh, I And that's in PNC, which, you know, outside of uh, this recent Pirates crew isn't usually an easy place to hit a, a homer. But, yeah, I think O'Neill Cruz is going to be a superstar, man. Like, watching him, it's impressive. And – Honestly, on defense, even like who who cares about defense as a fancy baseball person? Like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about defense at all. I don't even know where some players play. People will be like, oh, what do you think about Reese Hoskins defense? I'm like, where does he play? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking about Reese Hoskins so much this show, too. But anyway, O'Neill Cruz, like on defense, even it's like, oh, my God. Throwing 98 mile per hour bullets to first base? Like, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> I'm like, I sound like Joe Biden. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, he uh, looks yeah, amazing anyway. so far. Uh, I'm a little, little bit of <clears throat> seller's regret. I, I, I sold him to the itch. Uh, I also bought him in another league, so I, I, I would still have his share. Um, but, yes, uh, he, he looks great. The tools are all there. It's just a matter of when he puts them all together. I mean, if you got a really good offer for him right now in a redraft league, I have no problem going ahead and move him because there are going to be some growing concerns. I don't even, yeah, I, I forget. I want to say someone who, uh, someone in my keeper league, I have O'Neill Cruz for a dollar. And someone in my keeper league sent me a trade this week uh, for a non-keeper Matt Olson for a dollar O'Neill Cruz. And I didn't even, like, I didn't even <laughs> give him the respect of giving a reason why I was declining it. I was like, yeah here bro like we're not even honestly we're barely friends now because of that they're like don't even don't bring that into my house bro i don't like it oh <laughs> uh, yeah i mean it keep really when there's when there's rules on when you what you can keep and, and when that's that's uh that's gonna be a tough tough sell there Good, good call. I think. Uh, let's let, let let me throw a few names at you real quick, Gray, and, and let's see where we are. Rest of season, him or Carlos Correa? Oh, O'Neill Cruz. Yeah, I don't like Carlos Correa. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I just don't. I don't think Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa brings name value, but I don't think he brings that much for fantasy. I mean, he's like a twenty-two homer. 270, two, yeah, 275 hitter uh, over, you know, with no speed for uh, over the course of 162. Uh, so the rest of the year, maybe Carlos Correa is like 12 homer, no steals, 270. I mean, who cares? I, it's nothing. That does nothing for me. All right. How about, um, how about the, the, the red hot Tommy Edmond? <laughs> I go, I go, Edmund. I thought you were about to say Jonathan India. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna immediately fire you. <laughs> I was, was gonna be the end. If you would have said Jonathan India, it would have been over. <laughs> would have had somebody else introduce him next week. I'm going Edmund still because he's got some power. He's got great speed. Good average, um, top of the Cardinals lineup. Edmonds, I, I think Edmonds, for real, a uh, top thirty overall guy right now. So yeah, I'm going. All right, let me let me ask you him or Bobby Witt. Ah oh, man, I, I, I got to go Bobby Witt just because he's got a little bit more uh, under his belt and uh, a little, you know, just a little bit more experience. He's already shown that he's adjusted to MLB pitching, and yeah, I, I just got to go Bobby Witt. But I, I still, 
you know, there's no offense to O'Neill Cruz. I think these guys, like Bobby Wood, I think is a legit top 50 guy. So, yeah, I mean, that's nothing against O'Neill Cruz, really. Right, one last one, Greg. Marcus Simeon. Uh, yeah, uh, I'd probably go Simeon. I mean, Simeon's actually, I think Simeon's hitting 290 over the course of the last month. He's come around a bit. He's he's looking better. So I'm going to go Marcus Simeon. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a little bit closer, though, I think. Yeah, but I'm going to go Simeon. Are you, do you agree with those? Yes, I do. Uh, I, I think... I think Simeon might be close, just but Simeon's running so much right now this season. Uh, I think it, it's worth it just to go ahead and hold him. And as you mentioned, he had 287 in June with seven home runs and six stolen bases. So uh, while it may be kind of a a sell high point on Marcus Simeon, uh, I still think he's probably just safer at least than O'Neill Cruz. Now if Simeon's like your your bench utility bat or whatever. Then, then I don't have a problem, you know, making that swap and seeing if O'Neill Cruz just just pops potentially. But yeah, I, I think it's Simeon. Yeah, I agree. All right, let, let's go ahead and do our, our usual bullpen and waivers to end up here, Gray. Uh, what do you got on the bullpen side for everybody out there looking for saves? Kenley Jansen, I, I think uh, people uh, in the comments on Rasball they uh, they misinterpret um, the size of my brain sometimes they're like oh great great knows medical stuff he's smart he knows he's a doc he's essentially a doctor because he knows what like you know a baseball player uh, projections are so <laughs> I, I assume Gray's a doctor so Kenley Jansen uh, when's he coming back that's what people ask me and I'm like I don't know man I don't know when Kenley Jansen's coming back he could come back like within like a week or he could come back like next year i don't know i mean I, honestly i have no clue i i would assume he comes back like you know at last time this was like a pretty big issue for him so i mean i don't know i mean i hope he comes back soon but i can't say when i, I you know and then so in his uh, stead, you got uh, will smith and minter i think uh, i think it's in that order I like Minter a lot, but, you know, like Will Smith has, they have, you know, Snicker used Smith before as a closer. I, I mean, I honestly, I'm, I think Minter is worth uh, rostering just because he's been so good, but I, I really think Will Smith is the guy there. Um, and then, so then in the, in the Yankees, uh, Araldus came back and he looks like garbage still. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him. I, I honestly, I, I feel like Araldus, something's like something's disconnected like i don't know like he should be a shut down closer but i i think like maybe it's a mental thing i don't know like i don't even buy the whole achilles tendonitis thing the reason why he was out for a month i think i think something's wrong like i think he's got the yips or something i don't know but clay holmes has been great he will continue to be great i think as long as you know he's pitching he should be rostered everywhere. Whether or not Araldis gets a save or two, like Cole, Clay Holmes has been worth having on your team. So just continue rostering Clay Holmes. And at this point, I actually have Araldis in one league, and I, you know, I had to activate him. I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna activate him for this week. I didn't activate him last week, obviously. Why would I? But I act, I gotta activate him for this week, and then I'm just gonna bench him until, you know, I feel like. He's going to get IL'd again before he gets, like, more than three saves. Like, that's what I feel like it's coming. That's where it's headed. Um, I would say say hold on to him for now, Araldus, that is, but I wouldn't expect too much. Uh, And Hendricks is supposed to come back. Graveman's also, like, I put Graveman in the same category as Minter and Holmes, where, like, even if Graveman isn't getting saves – you can hold on. Every league you can roster Graveman and get good stats and the occasional save and the occasional win. So Graveman, you can hold on to whether or not Hendricks comes back healthy or not. Uh, you know, and then and then there's also the mess in Oakland. But I, I don't even. You know, I guess Trevino. I guess Trevino. I don't know. Who cares? Yeah, it's gross. Um, I guess AJ Puck is is the guy you want for the ratios and the numbers. Trevino, if you're strictly chasing the saves, because it seems like they're leaning into Trevino, probably trying to build up his his his, 
his value so they can ship out. Um, but he's locked down, you know, his opportunities so far, despite the numbers looking hideous on the season. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, run through some waiver wire guys real quick before we get out of here. Gray, who you got for everybody? Uh, okay. So, um, there's Ryan McMahon's been uh, hot. Uh, you know, actually, uh, Cole Calhoun, he gets, sometimes he goes on a bender. He gets so hot that it's like, oh man, you get, you get, you grab Cole Calhoun for like a week and then drop him for three weeks. And then, you know, it's like, he's one week hot, three weeks cold. Uh, go with Cole Calhoun right now though. He's been really hot. Uh, Jose Miranda, I think, hit a walk-off the other day. Uh, walk-off, just a single. But still, he's been hot in general. Um, I was, It was funny. I was looking at – I was um, sorting for Fab. I was looking for guys who, are, who had the most homers last week uh, who were on waivers. This was for a 15-team league, and it was like uh, – Derek Hall was one guy. Um, obviously, Michael Perez was another guy. Uh, and then there was Nick Gordon, the, uh, the, the uh, you know, the big power hitter there, Nick Gordon. <laughs> He's like, it's like his brother is now uh, D. Gordon Strange, and uh, it's uh, Nick Gordon Strong. Uh, yeah, I mean, his power is not going to continue, but he has been hitting for some, you know, he has has been hitting in general. Uh, Hunter Dozier has been uh, hot. And then, um, you know, the old uh, Evan Longoria, uh, you know, where, where is Evan Longoria gone since he left Tampa? But yeah, he's, he's been hitting r- relatively well. So yeah, I would look at him too. All right. Nice. Uh, I think uh, James Capriellen, Josh Winkowski and Keegan Thompson are a few names on the pitching side. If you're just looking for guys um, on the on the wire, pitching's always a little thin. So that one's a little bit more matchup specific. Go go check the Streaminator if you really need for this week specifically for prospects. Uh, we mentioned kind of uh, we're starting to run out of you know the, the difference makers. I, I think a couple of them that could could be coming up are Corbin Carroll and Max Meyer. Uh, they've both been just looking great this year. Max Meyer has been dealing with an injury, but if he gets healthy and, and they need a pitcher, Meyer could be up. Corbin Carroll looks amazing uh, so far this year. And I mean, there's really nothing holding him back other than service time for the Diamondbacks. You know, that's, that's really the biggest hindrance. Right. Yeah, no, completely. I agree. I actually, Corbin Carroll was a guy who uh, I, I think in deeper leagues, Grab him now for like a dollar because he's going to come up. And, and if he's still on waivers when he comes up, he's probably going to be like a huge grab for Fab. So if you can grab him now, um, and that's grab with two A's because I'm talking about Fab. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Uh, but yeah, Corbin Carroll, definitely. You know, uh, look for him now versus when he's called up because when he gets called up, he's going to be a lot more expensive. Yeah, he's going to be that guy that everybody spends like the remaining Fab on for the rest of the year and, you know, bit, gets zero and dollar bids out the rest of the way because he's worth it. He's He looks amazing. He's climb to the itch's number one spot in his prospect rankings and i imagine uh if he doesn't get called up this year he will be almost universally number one next year as we have a bunch of those top guys kind of graduating out of the prospect realm this year so corbin carroll looks amazing but yeah i would expect him coming up this year even though the diamondbacks i'm sure would love to work his service time he's really pushing their hand right now he's got 1600 home runs 20 stolen bases he's hitting 313 430 643 in the minors he's got a 15% walk rate like it's it's ridiculous he's he's I almost wonder uh sorry not to interrupt but I almost wonder if uh Corbin Carroll and I I know we have to wrap up here but I wonder if uh because there's that now there's that new rule where like if you have a guy start the year and he wins the rookie of the year, you get extra draft picks. I wonder if that's almost playing against like Corbin Carroll now, because like if they call him up now, it's too late in the year. He's going to run out of rookie eligibility and he's also too late in the year to win the rookie of the year. So it's like, I wonder if that's almost playing against him now. Mm, I don't know. That's a, that's more of a, uh, 
a deep yeah, thought I, I, from Gray yeah, Albright. I, I, I think it's okay because essentially, if he had started the season, they'd essentially get the same control they do after Super Two, which is already passed. So I, right. I think now it's yeah. kind of the same as if they had started him. But to your point, if they start him next year at the very beginning of the season, then they don't have to worry about Super Two and everything. They can. And they also, if he wins Rookie of the Year next year, then they get an extra pick or something. Yeah, there's, nonsense. there's an additional so, benefit to it. It doesn't right, come with Super 2 yeah. Right. Hmm. Well, it leaves, it leaves uh, listeners or viewers with something to ponder as they head into the week ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so we're all hoping the Diamondbacks miraculously get on a streak, and uh, that way they can call up Corbin Carroll and, uh, you know, actually <laughs> – Get into that. Get into seeing him play. Uh, likely he'll go spend some time in AAA before getting the call up, but we'll have to wait and see. Anything else for the listeners, Gray? Uh, Lates. It's time for my annual trip to the gym. You only go once a year? Yep. Arrive. Have no clue what to do? Try some random exercises? Leave. That's it. You should try FitBod. It's an app that builds a workout routine just for you, based on your goals, fitness level, and equipment. And a whole year of FitBod costs less than one session with a trainer. Wow. This has already been my most productive gym trip yet. Download FitBod today and get a 14-day free trial plus 25% off your subscription when you go to fitbod.me slash getfit. 